right now, whatever's going on in your life, I realize all of us have stuff. The goal that God wants for our lives is for Him to change us in the midst of this stuff. And really the key to being able to bear this fruit that we're going to be looking at, this supernatural fruit of the Spirit, is for us to learn how to abide in Jesus in whatever your stuff looks like. There's no question about it. Life is full of ups and downs. Everyone goes through hard times. The Bible says that God wants you to have a crazy happy life and he leverages those struggles for your good and blessing. But how does that actually happen? Well, the key is staying connected to the Lord. Today, Pastor Daniel shares that God transforms you from the inside out, producing the fruit of his spirit as you abide in him. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Galatians chapter 5 as he begins his message, Bearing Crazy Happy Fruit. This Crazy Happy series is really designed to let the Lord do the work of personal refreshment that He wants to do in each one of us because the ability to move through the world as transformational agents, at first, you know, it has to begin in your own heart. You know, you can't give what you don't have. You can't lead people down paths you're not willing to walk down. And, you know, there's this beautiful picture in the scriptures about how the hardworking farmer is the first who gets to partake of the crops. You know, and that idea is that, you know, before a a farmer sells his crop as a livelihood, he gets to feast on it himself. And in a lot of ways with what Jesus wants to do in each one of our lives is he wants to do a work in you so that he can then do a work through you into the world. But unless you allow the Lord to do the work he wants to do in you, that's going to impact the way that he moves through us. And this whole idea of the crazy happy life, it's that God has a plan for our happiness. But the way that we would define happiness on our own is different from the way God defines it for us. And so my goal in the the book and in the series is to say, Lord, like everything else, we don't want to see the world through the lens of the culture in which we live, but we want to see it through the lens of Scripture. Lord, who does Jesus tell us we are? What does Jesus define happiness as? And we've made the point that in the Bible, the blessed person is the happy person. Right, And we looked at the Beatitudes together, and that word makarios in the Greek literally is translated, oh, how happy, or oh, how fortunate is the person. So the blessed person is the happy person. Of course, we talked about what it says in Psalm 144, verse 15, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. So if, if Jesus is real in your life, he's your savior, then you are people of great happiness. The Bible says, blessed is the person whose sins are forgiven. If you're in Christ and you've been forgiven, then guess what? You should be super happy. You should be crazy happy that your sins are forgiven. 
right? Now, but here's the thing. If the blessed person is the happy person, what you also learn in the scripture is that the blessed person is the person who's bearing fruit. You know the happy person because there is a harvest in their lives that now are, because of who Jesus is, there is this fruitfulness that starts coming from our lives. And, and of course, Jesus talks about it in, in John chapter 15, how the father is the master gardener, the vine dresser, and Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. And if we abide in him, we're gonna bear much fruit. But the question becomes, if we abide in Jesus, we bear much fruit. What does that fruit look like? And there are very specific qualities and characteristics to the fruit that Jesus wants to bear in each one of our lives. And we learn those qualities and characteristics from the Apostle Paul in Galatians chapter 5. So I want you to open up your Bibles, Galatians chapter 5. We're going to be taking verses 22 and 23. There's nine characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit, and we're going to be exploring them over this message and our next message. So open your Bibles, Galatians chapter 5. If you didn't bring a Bible with you, don't worry, pull out your mobile device. you got a browser window on there. you got a Bible app. Type in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. In my book, Crazy Happy, I, I link up the nine Beatitudes with the nine fruit of the Spirit. And so when you put them together, it creates a, just a beautiful, beautiful context of wisdom and scripture about God's plan for happiness, right? So I want to read this to you, these nine characteristics of the fruit of the Spirit. It says this, Galatians chapter 5, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. Now, I think what's really powerful, and if you're with us in our last message, we took this whole passage in Galatians 5, 16 to 26, just to get the whole context, and now we're going to kind of zero in on these fruit of the Spirit. I think what's really beautiful is that scholars have made the case that these nine characteristics actually break up into three triads or three trios uh, in order. The, the first three are upward. It deals with us and our relationship with God, right? Love, joy, and peace. And then the second triad is us living outward in relationship to other people, things like long-suffering or patience, kindness, and goodness. And then finally, the last trio or triad is us living inward, who we are, we become faithful, gentle, and self-control. And so, you know, I always love talking about the upward, inward, and outward framework that Jesus gave us. And I did write a book by that title because for me, these are the big ideas of like, if we get this big stuff together, then all the details, we can filter the details of our lives through the big stuff, right? And so here, even in the fruit of the spirit, you have this upward, inward, and outward reality and I think the thing that you want to remember is that in the passage in Galatians 5 that we looked at in our last message, that there is a distinction between the work, the works of the flesh and the fruit of the Spirit. It doesn't say the works of the flesh and the works of the Spirit. It's the works of the flesh and then the, and then the fruit of the Spirit. And the reason why is because the idea is that the us living out in the flesh is a, a striving after some sort of a fulfillment that will never be found where it is. So that idea of the works is what we do, but the fruit of the Spirit, it's not really active. It actually happens when we abide in Jesus. It's something that we don't produce. It's produced in us by the work of the Spirit. And I like to say that the fruit of the Spirit is supernatural, 
or it's supernatural. So what it means is that God does a supernatural work to bear this fruit in our lives, but what I would put to you is that this fruit is born in just very natural ways. See, one of the things that I love so much about walking with Jesus is that there's one thing that I know about Jesus is that Jesus loves me too much to leave me where I am. No matter how long you've been walking with him, praise God you're not what you used to be. Can I get an amen? But listen, he ain't done with you yet. Look at the person next to you and say, he ain't done with me yet. And, and the other person's like, praise God, hallelujah, you know, because he's not done with any of us yet. And so, so in your life right now, whatever's going on in your life, I realize all of us have stuff. The goal that God wants for our lives is for him to change us in the midst of this stuff. And really the key to being able to bear this fruit that we're gonna be looking at, this supernatural fruit of the spirit, is for us to learn how to abide in Jesus in whatever your stuff looks like. And can we just be honest for a second? When the stuff starts, one of the first things we have a tendency to do for those of you who are followers of Jesus is we stop abiding and we start reacting to the stuff. And I always say that, you know, you can either become bitter or better. It's really up to you. And you become bitter if you don't abide in Jesus. and You become better if you do, right? And so the goal for all of us is to say, Lord, how can I abide in you given the stuff that I'm dealing with? Because I know that the Bible says that the enemy of your soul, the devil, wants to steal, kill, and destroy, his only goal in whatever you're going through right now is to make you bitter and to make you live out the antithesis of these fruit, the opposite of these fruit. But when you say, I'm gonna abide in Jesus because I know he is King of kings and Lord of lords and he died on the cross for my sins and, I, and I'm following him, because I'm gonna abide in Jesus, now, as I'm going through this stuff, I'm saying, Lord, I don't like what's happening and I don't want this stuff, but while it's here, will you bear this spiritual fruit in my life? And when we, as people, have faith in the Lord to take that step, all of a sudden, no matter how horrendous what you're going through is, it becomes the curriculum for Christ-likeness. And that's super hopeful, isn't it? And sometimes we need to hope against hope that God can bear beautiful spiritual fruit in our lives through the most horrendous situations. But I'm here to tell you, I would be a horrendous pastor if I didn't tell you that your present struggles, suffering, questions, issues. God wants to bear the fruit of the Spirit in your life. And if you will trust him and abide in him, he will use what's going on to birth this beautiful fruit in your life. So let's look at the first one. It says, the fruit of the Spirit, it begins with what? Love. And I always like to say, Love is always first. Love always comes first. At every point, the one thing that God wants to birth in your life is love. From cover to cover, from Genesis to Revelation, you want to sum all the teachings of Jesus up into one word. It's love. Now, here's what I want to tell you. In all of our lives, the stuff that is going on the biggest issue is most of the time with the really nasty stuff, you're not feeling love from other people. 
And we have a tendency in our fallenness to respond to a lack of love with a lack of love. But Jesus teaches us a more excellent way because Jesus looked at a world that lacked love and he came and he lived self-sacrificially into that world. And even though, I mean, you realize that Jesus was one of the first people to try and they tried to cancel him, right? Like crucifying Jesus was cancel culture at its best, but Jesus is like, ha ha, you can't cancel me. I'm coming back, you know? And, and, and when you think about it, Jesus responded to the aggressions of the world with self-sacrificial love, not with further aggression. And for the people of God, this is our life. And of course, you know, 1 Corinthians 13, 13 says, abide these three, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is what? Is love. In the greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. The art of living is loving. It's, it's, it's a life that is this self-giving love. Now, the reason we can, because that word love is not the way I love ice cream, and you know I love ice cream. But I love ice cream because what ice cream does for me. I love the flavor. I love the sugar jolt that I get after it. I love that even when you eat the whole thing, you can go buy more. You know what I mean? It's like, like I just enjoy it, you know? But, but this love is not that love. The love that... This word means, this word agape in the Greek, it literally means self-sacrificial or self-giving love. Now, you might say, well, how can I do that? Because God is giving you self-sacrificial love and you're receiving it from the Lord and then you get to share it into the world. So it's not a self-generated love. Remember, he is the vine, he is the trunk and we are the branches. We get our nourishment from him. So you might say, it's, Daniel, you don't understand what I'm going through. It's impossible to love that person. I'm like, that's what people would have said about you. But Jesus still loved you. That's what people would say about me. But Jesus loves me. And so love always comes first. Of course, Jesus said it this way, speaking about the self-sacrificial characteristic of love in John chapter 15, verse 13. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. We partook of the communion table, the bread and the cup, symbolic of Jesus laying down his life for people. The greatest display of love. And so you have to simply ask yourself in everything you're going through, what would true love do? And what it does is it takes us out of this tit for tat, this cycle of escalation, and it moves us from I don't respond in kind to what I get, I get what I get, and I respond in kind to what Jesus has done for me, and I just give that to those people. And that's why Jesus can say all these amazing things, like when he's on the cross, and the people who crucified him, he's like, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing. Right now in your circumstances, in the issues that you're dealing with, what if I told you that God wants to leverage what you're going through to birth a greater self-sacrificial love in your life? Because I'm here to tell you, and I say this all the time, if you're here, and I realize not everyone here is a believer in Jesus, and that's kind of one of the things I love about Crossroads. Everyone's on their own step. We, want you, we can make you on a different step. It's your, it's your journey. So, you know, we like that you're here on whatever step that you're on, right? 
But for the follower of Jesus, one of the things that God wants to do is he wants to birth a new way of being because you're the only Bible that someone's ever gonna read. And the biggest issue I think we have today is that believers are lousy translations of the scriptures. Like you're like a living Bible. And so the way that you carry yourself through the world has an impact on people. People who don't know Jesus, people are gonna watch you to see is there something to this Jesus thing. And so if you remember, love always comes first, self-sacrificial love. That's what Jesus has done for us. So we always wanna say, Lord, in what I'm going through, Lord, will you birth agape in me? Will you birth self-sacrificial love in me? We take that step. That's a transformational thing. We don't give back what they're giving to us. We give to people what Jesus gave us, which is something we didn't deserve. We love them even when they don't deserve it because he loved us even when we never deserved it. He loved us before we said yes to him. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. So love always comes first. Now from there, of course, the second characteristic of the fruit of the Spirit is what? It's joy, right? And I like to say that joy happens when we focus on Jesus. Joy happens when we focus on Jesus. I like to to, to say that that word joy, it's a disposition of the heart that trusts God in the midst of whatever we're going through. And again, you see how this gets born in our life in the context of abiding in Jesus because really what goes on is if you think about the things that steal your joy, and there's all sorts of things that can, you know, almost always the things that steal our joy have a component that we're not trusting that Jesus can work this thing out in the end. So the things that steal our joy are actually areas that are showing us, hey, what does it look like to ruthlessly trust the Lord in this crazy circumstance that I'm going through? And for all of us, we know what it's like. Like, you know, like it's, it's amazing, you know, you know uh, my, my son Obadiah is 16 and so he's, dri- he's learning how to drive. And it's amazing the anxiety that comes up in the heart of a parent when you're teaching your kid how to drive and you're like, oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Like, like how's this going to work? And then you start wondering, like, like, like I'm not always going to be, I'm in the car right now. I got 50 hours of this. I'm going I'm to be just straight up a silver fox by this time. This is over. <laughs> like, it's like all the way, dude. It's like, and, I, and, I, and he's a great dude, and he's, and he's actually doing really good driving. He's a way better driver than I was at that point, you know? They shouldn't have even let me anywhere near the steering wheel. You know what I mean? And he's doing great, but, like, can I trust the Lord in this? Can I trust that what I'm trying to share with him, like that he can, that he's going to do it and that he's going to be solid and can I trust, you know, and then I'm, I'm talking to him, I'm like, you know what the problem is, buddy, with driving? I'm like, you only can control your stuff. Then there's all the other knuckleheads behind the wheel of a car. You know what I mean? He's like, what do you do with that? I'm like, well, you do the best you can and you trust the Lord. I'm like, everything in life involves some sort of trust. You have to trust God. But what I've learned is that joy runs away when I stop trusting like, it's like joy can't abide where there is no faith and there's no trust. And of course, the, the single greatest definition of joy is really, it speaks about your focus, J-O-Y. You learned it in Sunday school. Jesus, others, yourself. That's the right order. 
And what's amazing is, is our culture struggles because our culture has it completely upside down. Our culture says yourself, others, and Jesus in order of priority. And, and like, we don't knock that in the culture. We realize that that's exactly what happened when Adam and Eve fell. You know, like in the fall, everything got warped. Everything got upside down. Like some would say that God created a spirit, soul, and body. And Adam and Eve in the garden, the spirit drove everything, which drove the, 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 the inner life, the life of the soul, the emotions and the will and all this. And, and that drove, you know, now all of a sudden the spirit it has the authority, then the spirit drives the soul life, and then the spirit and soul life drives the body, and then your body is set apart as innocent, and now all of a sudden everything works. But then when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the bodily desires comes first. The more animalistic side of, of being a mammal or whatever it is, you know what I mean? That takes the lead, and so the body then drives the inner life, which then drives the spirit, which is not the way it was created to work, and it doesn't work that way. And so really what you have is that you have this idea that what the Lord is wanting to do is he wants us to keep things in the right priority. And I'm here to tell you that you know it's a supernatural work of the Spirit when you're more focused on Jesus' glory than your own, and then also when you're more focused on helping others than them helping you. And I mean, the Apostle Paul said it this way, Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And so really this fruit of abiding in Jesus, when you're walking with Jesus and you're abiding in him, he makes you care about other people and esteem them higher than you even care about yourself. You're like, listen, because of what God has done for me and because I trust God, now I can live in a way that actually esteems you because I'm not worried that I'm not gonna have anything. And one of the best examples of this is the story of Abraham. Remember Abraham and Lot? You know, Abraham was promised this land by God and he brought his nephew Lot with him. And then as God was blessing Abraham and Lot, there became a lot of friction between their, their employees because there wasn't enough space for both of them. And what was amazing is, is God had promised the land to Abraham, but when Abraham's trying to fix what's going on, he says, now Lot, we need to separate because there's, we're on top of each other. There's all these issues. So he's like, I'll let you choose. If you go left, I'll go right. If you go right, I'll go left. Now, you think to yourself, but God promised Abraham. So Abraham should have chosen the land that God told him he was giving him. And, and it's like, no, no. Abraham trusted that no matter what Lot chose, God's plans were still going to come to pass. And now all of a sudden, it, it takes all of the friction and the fear out of the situation because you're saying, Lord, I don't know how this is going to work. And I don't know what you're going to do. But Lord, I trust you. And because I trust you, I can have this joyfulness in my heart. Jesus is real. There have probably been points in your life when you've realized that you're just going through the motions, that you've lost your joy. Maybe you're even in a season like that right now. Today, you learned that choosing to trust the Lord when things are hard or scary is essential to experiencing the joy that God wants to birth in you. Pastor Daniel explained that joy can't abide when there's no trust. He shared that joy comes when you keep your focus in the right order. Jesus, others, yourself. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. I just want to say thank you for tuning in. 
I'm so stoked you're a listener of Jesus is Real Radio, and I know Jesus has amazing plans for you. I'd love to hear the story of how God's working in your life. Give us a call here at Jesus is Real Radio at 360-256-4655 or email me at real at danielfusco.com. We're so glad we can be a part of your life through the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio. Would you like to be a part of what we're doing? We would like to ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner of this program. Your contribution, no matter the size, will be used to reach people with the gospel message. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Just click on Give. Thank you for partnering with us. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will continue to unpack the qualities that God wants to birth in your life. You'll learn about the fruit of peace, a characteristic that is clearly much needed in our world today. However, the peace that God desires isn't merely just to stop fighting. It's all about how the world ought to be. A world where everyone and everything flourishes. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called Crazy Happy. Until then, may God bless.